drink beer, think beer. You're listening to Broodlands. Welcome to episode 78 of Brew Bloods. We are still in uh, Brew Bloods Mobile One. We're in the, yeah, it's the car edition. With a car edition. We've been traveling for about two weeks in this car. <laughs> well, that's how it goes when you live in the middle of uh, Dallas. Every single major highway has traffic that just backs up for hours. And uh, you basically sort of live in your car for a while. Yes. Uh, you know, you thought I was just attached to my office chair. Well, Dustin has also grown into his driver's seat. We've had to. We've been sitting here so yeah. long, we've both, uh, our butts are growing into our seats, yeah. and I don't know if we'll ever get out of this car. Yes, and we're forced to pee onto each other, because that's the only direction it'll go at this point. Right. It's all crusted over, like a weird angled volcano. I don't know what that means. Something something crusty. Something crusty. Uh, this is our North Texas Beer Week 2016 edition. Uh, we've got a lot of content in here. What we're going to hear up uh, come up here first is an interview with there's a local radio station called The Ticket. It's a sports radio station. There's a guy on there named Donovan, uh, the great Donovan. The great Donovan. Donovan yes. Lewis. Uh, he hosts a Woo! show. And uh, he's... That was a bad imperson- impersonation he, of the drop. We saw him out at an untapped, and we decided we couldn't help but uh, stop down and talk to the guy. Uh, he's a hilarious guy, very funny, very warm, and uh, we got his opinions on beer and what he thinks about uh, the whole beer scene. common from history. Back when you were on the bone, uh, do you remember going to Cowboy Bill's wedding? Yes. Okay. My wife was best friends with his wife at the time, so okay. I remember seeing you up there dancing and everything, so I just... Oh, very I cool, man. Right? Yeah. Oh, very cool. That's <laughs> I don't awesome. Know how long that was? Boy. Ten years ago, maybe? Probably more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been at the ticket for 10 years, so oh, okay, it, probably yeah. was. it probably was more than that. Gotcha. We're here talking with the late, the great Donovan Lewis of the ticket, uh, local sports hero. Uh, why are you here at a beer festival and yet you don't have one beer in your hand? You should be double fisting at least. I know, but I am working, so I just want, working. I, I want the bosses to know that I'm working and I'm completely sober. But Cumulus should understand that part of working at a beer festival is you have a beer in your hand. You know what? This, you're about the fifth or sixth person that's ask me that and uh, I'm staying committed to my bit. I'm trying to stay committed and I'm trying to stay sober but everybody walks by and I smell their breath and I think I get a little tipsy every time I smell it so I'm, I'm good right now. So uh, when you're here though, okay if you weren't on the clock uh, what's your preferred uh, go-to beer here? You know what? I don't know. I've, I've been hearing everybody saying that the bourbon barrel is like really really good so I'm going to claim that because at 7.01 when I'm done, I'm going to go have some, and then I'll let you know. Yeah, I recommend hitting up every single one of these booths and having three or four of each. You know what? You should be my psychiatrist because that's really good <laughs> advice. I really appreciate that. We've heard you guys at the compound and stuff. They don't they don't mind drinking on the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah but it, they don't mind drinking on the air when it's, you know, when it's uh, beneficial to them. Right, and that's right. ratings for them. Like me standing out here, they might frown upon it. But you know what? Some of my bosses look better with a frown, so I may get a drink before uh, before I'm done. So uh, how beaten down are you uh, not being able to drink beer out here? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Step to stare at drunk people all day and deal with them like us? The drunk people are the best people. And I love being around and talking to drunk people because they're so nice. And they'll pretty much do everything I ask. So if it's a hot girl that comes over and she's drunk, boom! We've knocked out a lot of the whole process, getting to know each other process. Uh, so, uh, all right, are you more of a beer or are you more of a liquor person? I am way more of a liquor person than a beer person, but I will have both. I, I don't discriminate. I maybe take a beer with follow up with uh, some sort of shot back, right? Some kind of whiskey. Don't think what's that? What do they call the beer and the whiskey? 
together. Uh, the, well, there's an Irish car bomb when you slam a, a shot of Jameson into Guinness. Yes, I've, I've, I've seen that. I haven't done it, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm a virgin when it comes to that. Well, if, you, if you're more of a, like a, wine, a white wine spritzer type, uh, Oak Highlands has a uh, white wine freaky deaky that's a Belgian. It's about 10% ABV. It's pretty good. It's called a white wine freaky deaky? Yeah, it's called it, the, the, the normal beer is freaky deaky, but they have a variation called it's a white wine. I'm going to try because I just like the name, freaky deaky. <laughs> All right, well, well, we'll let you go here, get back to not drinking and being extremely bored. Uh, but we uh, can you do what we call a wacky radio liner for us? <laughs> I, I uh, um, oh, by the way, we're, we're the Brew Bloods, we're a pod, beer podcast. That's why we're here. So. Right, very nice. Now, what do I need to say? Uh, I, I always listen to Brew Bloods. The Brew Bloods. Brew Bloods, yeah. Brew Bloods, okay, all right. All right, gotcha. Yeah, read my boobs. Gotcha. I will read your boobs. All right, this is Donovan Lewis from Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket, and guess what? I always listen to Brew Bloods on the podcast when I'm reading boobs. <laughs> Thank you very much, Donald Lewis. You're a gentleman. All right, well, hope you enjoyed that very brief interview with uh, Donovan Lewis. Uh, Coming up next here. Brief but good. Uh, we did. We were when we were done tapped. We were with Javi and his uh, lady pal Dana, and we tried to do a wrap up at Untapped, but unfortunately, our stupid recorder, um, knock on wood, doesn't do it this time. Uh, ran out of juice right at the uh, the the worst time possible. You missed it too because he was really drunk and in jorts. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, but uh, he was he was less like that. Not you, but Javi. <laughs> oh yeah, Javi, of course, and yeah. holding three uh, Mexican loggers, of course. Of course, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is our wrap up of. Uh, of untapped and what you'll hear in this is um, our review of the the show itself and then uh you just heard him last week mr michael pedicles pops up we were at lakewood growler when we were doing this this was the sunday after uh dallas untapped and he w- we were there for his beer so he had a very special tapping yeah um that we'll discuss in that in that review and um he popped on with us uh, briefly he was listening in and we forced him on air like we will do to people that stop by and listen in yeah he uh he did not intend to be on the show but we forced we had force fed him a mic and so he joined us for that so here's uh, our wrap-up of uh, untapped 2016 dallas and uh, yet another interview with michael pedicles of pedicles Brewing company probst well we're here at uh, liquid growler right now celebrating north texas beer week 2016 uh yesterday we had untapped dallas we're actually going to participate in it this week being a beer podcast <laughs> I and in dallas we didn't last year but uh we tried to record yesterday and uh even though i had charged our stupid recorder for some reason i apparently was not charged nonetheless so yeah. we had zero power so we're going to cover untapped dallas but right now we're celebrating we came here to liquid growler today for the Pelicolis uh, Velvet Hammer Cherry Cask. If you, if you guys have never heard the show before, we're slight fans of uh, yes. Pedicolas Brewing. Michael Pettis, Pedicolas is our overlord, and we're also, uh, of course, paid by Big Beer at Liquid Girl. Right. Marcus <laughs> no, demanded, we, uh, Mark Brewing. actually demanded a seat right next to the owner that's and right. founder of Pedicolas, right. and that's Michael, where he's sitting Michael right sitting now. right behind me. Yep. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about Untapped yesterday. Uh, we actually weren't even planning to go, and then somehow we scored press passes via... Uh, Central Track. Javi's with us here again. Hey, we, we got them officially for Brew Bloods as well. That's true. Well, we got passes. We got in, GA. And yeah. that's good enough. I'll take it. Yes. Let Javi say hi. Why are you keeping the mic from him? Wait, what are, what are, we, what are we saying? Say here? hi, Javi. Hey. How's it going, guys? <laughs> Javi's back. Um, yeah, so we weren't planning to go, but we got press passes, so we decided to go. Huh? You can't hear me? Can't oh, I'm hear trying you. to talk quiet. Right. Why are you talking quiet? Well, because it's hard to tell with the headphones. Cause I we'll can't... talk louder. All right. I'll talk. It's okay. All right, I'll talk louder. 
Anyways. Um, Thank you. This feels like a conversation. Sorry, I was trying not to be too loud. It's hard to tell when you got the headphones Leave in. all this in the episode. I know. Anyways. So, yeah. Here on the ninth green. And he's attempting a putt. And it sinks. <laughs> and it's good. Uh, anyways, so Untap Dallas uh, 2016. It was a different layout this year. Last year it was like a T-shaped layout. This year it was it's at Fair Park in Dallas, which is where the Cotton Bowl is for you sports fans. Javi, your opinion on the layout? Uh I thought it was a little confusing at first. Like it was kind of hard to get a lay of the land. Um, right. You didn't know who who was where. Yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, they, they it, it, it just felt kind of weird how the um, the breweries, the way they were, they were kind of stacked together. It was, and I mean, this isn't the organizers' fault, obviously, but there was. It seemed like the breweries that ended up being like the most popular ones kind of were all in the same little area. So there was a lot of lines where right. there would be some that would be just like completely empty, you know. And so they would be like, I don't know, I feel like you'd have to wait in line a little bit longer right? Uh, in some instances. But honestly, I thought that it was great because, uh, uh, like, at least the way that they light out the stages, because you, they were so far away that they couldn't bleed into each other's, like, if one musician was playing, then it wouldn't bleed onto the others. Yeah, so, that, that, was, so that was good. For sure. Th- that was going to be my takeaway, is I think it was better for the music and maybe worse for the beer. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, they have to have a balance Yeah, because they're doing both. I still contend Untapped is the best beer festival going in Dallas right now. And really not just Dallas, but going in the Metroplex. It's the best organized. Um, they have good representation from all the breweries just about. Uh, oh, yeah. It's the most yeah. well-rounded festival for sure. Yeah, I don't think it's close. And it's nice. I mean, somehow it's managed to be just every time I've been, except for the one time at Panther Island uh, in Fort Worth, it's yeah. been perfect weather. Even then it was perfect later in the day. Yes. But it's been perfect weather every time. Last year was also pretty pretty good, too. Like, I think it was a little bit chillier uh, than yeah. this time. But, I mean, it was just, yeah, you're right. It was perfect. I think outdoor stuff in Texas should be relegated to the early fall. Yes. Yeah, November. Uh, super and, late and, summer. And early spring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, too. Yeah. But, Sometime between November and March. Right. That's the only exactly. time you should do it. Yeah. It's the only exactly. time. Yeah. It was a good festival, though. Uh, so what were some of your standout beers from this festival? Um, I mean, you know... One of the things that I was kind of noticing is that there wasn't, like, a lot of, like, super big hype beers. Like, there wasn't, like, one brewery that had, like, huge lines. But rather, it was just... It was just kind of cool, like maybe seeing more some more of the new uh, the new breweries. So along those lines, I mean, I know they're not new, but they're just kind of coming back. I really like the uh, the Armadillo Ale Works Brunch Money. Yeah, Even though so it was, they're making a big comeback. They um, I don't know their entire story, but they were brewing for a while through a contract brewer, and they got a lot of hype around Brunch Money. Yes, and then they went away for a while because well, I don't know the exact situation. right. So basically, or maybe Dustin could tell us better. Well, no, I, I was going to say it was interesting when we got in the line. They said that they were. Uh, Grape, uh, like grapevine slash, uh, that so I, I didn't have any idea that they were actually working together. Yeah, they were contract brewing through grapevine. Yeah, right. So, I mean, Armadillo was, uh, they were brewing out of Deep Ellum Brewery, right? And then that a relationship ended, and then they tried to get their own brewery up in Denton where they're all the original uh, people are from, and uh, you know, some shady deals, uh, like didn't go through properly or whatever screwed them out of a brewery and then they have to kind of like you know kind of go away for a little while reconvene and then uh they're coming back and they're actually building something off of the square i believe in denton so should be back so that's why um but yeah so back to the beer uh brunch money i mean that was one of my favorites uh you said it's changed right it's it's changed yes um before like in the first iteration it was uh you know it was a golden uh stout right which um 
it's kind of implied that I think Stone might have copied them whenever they did a Golden Stout as well. Interesting. Um, but it was very sweet. It had a lot of chocolate and maple syrup uh, kind of flavors. This time around, it was a little more spicy. Um, and there was a little bit more of a kick on the front end, which I found really interesting. And I'm not sure if it's supposed to change recipe or it needs to age or what's up. But either way, I mean, I, I loved it. I went back like a couple of times just because yeah. it, was, it was really good. That was my first time to have it, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I was kind of surprised, but overall, it did. Sorry, but still talk to you quiet. Overall, it seemed like they there weren't as many one-offs as I would have expected. So, like for instance, Community last year had their funnel cake, which they brewed for the the state fair, which was there again. Yeah. They had the McAllen Legion, but that wasn't necessarily a one-off of the festival. And what, that's one thing I think we saw more of in the past that we didn't see as much this time that I would like to see more of a return to. Well, you know, uh, our buddy Real Distraction on Twitter has mentioned that before. That the fact that the reason he likes the Holiday Ale Festival in Portland is because you can get a lot of beers in there that are not necessarily approved by the right. alcohol and tobacco uh, or what, whatever the uh, actual yeah. community is for the state and they can actually do one-offs for that particular festival that's what and i'd in, like to see more of. and in texas you can't do that based on law oh, really yeah you, you it has to be an approved beer really i didn't know yeah, that exactly oh, that's so that's why we have a lot less uh, experimental stuff at these festivals um but yeah i mean i think we also uh, also should mention since you mentioned the legion um the fact that um community is going to stop making the regular legion yeah we got that news last night uh from yeah. an unnamed beer source that Community's gonna. They they found that uh, compared to, to the temptress, Lake was temptress. It wasn't gaining traction like it should have. Their variants were the barrel aged and the. This is getting very local on you in yeah, Dallas. Very but local, yes. but yeah, it's interesting because they've been a big. It's been a local imperial style that's done really well for them. But I can't say I blame them if your sales aren't supporting it. Why you keep doing that? So, do you ever reach for Legion like regular Legion? Um, I have it in the fridge. I drink it once in a while. Oh, yeah. I actually I buy that way more than I buy the Temptress. Yeah. Um, nowadays, um, because honestly, like I mean, and this isn't in the fault of Lakewood or anything like that, but I think they've come out with so many variations that it's like, kind of, what's the point of drinking like a regular Temptress? Right. You know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, so uh, what you could have like the Sin Mint or the Mole or right. French Quarter or any of those. Yeah, and I agree. Uh, actually, Legion I would reach for before Temptress normally. Right. Um, and also, the Barrel Age Legion gives Bourbon Barrel Temptress a good run. I don't know if it's as good. It's probably not quite as good, but it gives it a good run. It's, right. a, it's a solid beer. Yeah, so um, definitely disappointed to hear that, but I understand. Uh, the McAllen Legion, though, they so they took uh, their Legion and they aged it in uh, McAllen Scotch Barrels. And it made it really rounded it out, made it really smooth. Definitely. Uh, really dangerous, not unlike the beer we're drinking right now, the Cherry Cask Velvet Hammer from Pedagolis. Um, but, it, yeah, really, really dangerous beer, but really, really good. Uh, there was a, quite the packed event the night before at the release. A um, bunch of beer nerds got out there and packed the place up. I'm glad we didn't go to get swamped by that event, but it's good to see they had it out at the festival. Um, well, to tell you the homer of uh, community I am, I was down in Austin for a week, and when I went to the store to buy a beer, the beer I actually got was the Mosaic IPA oh, right. to take back to the room. So, uh, Other variants we did see were the uh, Yam Denki from Revolver, which is their Yam beer that, I say only IB, IBU of 80. That I know that sounds high, but it's actually way more. Like We've seen a lot of IPAs with higher IBU that were smoother than this beer. I mean, or less high, not smoother, but way more hoppy. Uh, or less hoppy, I'm sorry. This beer was really, really hoppy for what you would expect. Is I, I mean, this might be just kind of me, I don't know, kind of misremembering, but it feels like all of a sudden there's some 
yam, like a bunch of yam-related yeah. beers well, the, the coming out. The brewery did, which we just yeah, did, the was a lot of maple one, was a yam uh, beer. And then there's that one. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like I guess people more. are just trying to get outside the because pumpkin. What they're finding is that pumpkin sales are declining. Pumpkin. Yeah. Pumpkin products, yes. pumpkin byproducts, are declining in sales, which is why you've seen a bunch of breweries get rid of their pumpkin beers because yeah. they're not selling. And so I think people are trying to find an alternate channel to celebrate the, the fall. The overstock of uh, pumpkinator this year, yeah. I feel like it's a little indicative of that. Before it used to be so rare. Now right. either they up production or people are just buying it. Yeah. You know, um, I was going to say though. Uh, what, uh, like, I mean, so we talked about some of our favorite beers. Uh, what about some of the new breweries that, like, I feel like this year it, I was excited because there was a lot of breweries that, for one reason or the other, I just hadn't been able to try. Like, do right. you guys have any thoughts on, on um, any of those newer breweries? Well, there was Manhattan Project, which uh, had opened just 24 hours before, opened their yes. doors. Uh, they had a really good coconut beer. Hey, Mr. Hey, Protocolis. Good to see you, man. Awesome. How are you? Uh, doing a quick yeah? review. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. 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 No, no, no. no. Sorry. It's fine. <laughs> Can interrupt anytime. You're always welcome. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, that was fun to see because they had a really they had a really good vibe about them, really energetic. Yes. And their rep Sanjay, who was walking up and down the line, just like throwing yeah, shit at people, yeah, talking to them. He like he was really an excited, went, dude. Yeah. yeah, he he lent them a really good energy. Yeah. I really like their coconut beer, um, and, and I don't think it gets any newer than opening twenty four hours yeah. before Untapped. I mean, yeah. that's as new as it gets. They debuted at the common table twenty four hours before right. that. Okay, so. right. Yeah, but it was good. It was good to see like fresh faces. Yep. They were clearly passionate, especially Sanjay. Clearly passionate about what they uh, did. I there was a lady on the tap line with a baby, you know, pouring beers. <laughs> right. I, I think she must. I think she's one of the owners. I, yeah. I we didn't have enough time because that line was super long for Manhattan yes, Project, it was. and so we only had a few seconds to. I gave her a sticker. She said, "Yeah, contact us anytime." So maybe we'll be talking to them soon. But it was good to see a fresh face like that. And I like to see that energy around, uh, especially someone who just opened right. uh, just 24 hours before. So that was good to see. Now, I'm going to be lame and not remember the name of the brewery, but uh, what was the one in Richardson that has the gambling? Uh, uh, four Bullets. Yeah, Four Bullets. Yeah. Uh, I actually thought they had a fairly solid IPA. Yeah. Um, uh, that, that's the only thing I had from there. I, I think you got you got a different beer from No, there, I got the IPA you? as well. No, you did? Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a great standard issue IPA. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just no, don't see Four Bullets around much, so no, it's a good opportunity. No, but they're, you know, they're new on the scene. Um, another beer that uh, I'd like to note is the uh, Imperial Red Rye from Tups. Uh, yeah, our old favorites from Tups. Yeah, that um, that was a very solid beer, and I'm they, glad. I'm glad they. I know it's limited right now, but they're yeah. talking about bringing it back again uh, sometime in the future. Yeah, not, I'm not a rye fan. As I told Chase, um, I who you know co-owner of the brewery. Um, I'm not really a rye fan. Rye beer fan typically uh, enjoyed the as you pointed out the uh, Bourbon County rye that was good. But other rye beers I've had uh, from Ron Rotation uh, last year, I not I just don't care for that flavor palette. But theirs, however, whatever they did, it's it's a really really smooth rye beer. It's not. I don't know. It works for me. I really like. I really liked. It. I was very surprised. I, yeah, I, I think that was one of the more uh, more surprising beers uh, that I had. Yeah, and it's and honestly, it's really good to see some of these uh, breweries that are from the suburbs, especially kind of like making some really good product out right. there because it feels like I don't know. Maybe it's just my own impression, but sometimes like I would I would think there'd be some like. I don't know. Like, there's, like, I, I still can't think of a beer that Bitter Sisters has made. You know, right? Like, well, and McKinney too. If people don't know the Dallas area, McKinney is like a, I would say, what Way third or fourth tier suburb. Yeah. So it's basically like starting over again. So it's really good to see people out that far doing something that good and influencing all the way back to the main area of Dallas. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what if you had to name one that was your favorite of the show? What would it be? I'll tell you. I'll start. It, yeah, for me, ahead, it was. Sorry. I was really surprised because I had not had anything from co-op since we went to the casino and had the F5 IPA at the Toby Keith's. I'll kick your boot in the ass. Uh, Trump United States restaurant, and that was a decent, uh, decent, decent F, uh, IPA. It was the F5, but there they had this um, spicy Hawaiian, and it was Hawaiian, a Hawaiian wheat beer with jalapeno, and you know, it's I was kind of underwhelmed at first because there was you got the jalapeno flavor without the spice. And then, as you drank more, the spice started to build. So it was a perfect balance of the sweet Hawaiian with that jalapeno spice. I thought it was a very well done beer, very well balanced. For me, that was my best in show for sure. Honestly, I would say that I really enjoyed. First of all, Lakewood's uh, Threat Spinner, their barley wine. True, it was really good, really, uh, really drinkable. Uh, definitely betrays the uh, the thirteen yeah. percent ABV. But if I was going to say, like, the favorite, favorite, favorite beer uh, would be the Orchata from the oh, brewery. Oh, yes, yes. I love that. Yeah, that was, good. Uh, that was I, good. I love that beer. That uh, was uh, the brewery, which we damned last week with our autumn maple. <laughs> yep. I mean, they brought it around again with the, with the Orchata. Yeah, and they had, like, a good, um, they had a good coffee stout that you tried, right? Yeah, they had, I forget the name of it, but yeah, it was something coffee. Uh, bring me coffee or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, that was a good coffee beer. It tasted a lot like uh, cold brew coffee. Yeah. Um, so it's not as sweet as some of those other coffee beers, like the cod, the uh, inspiration from Community Local right. or the Atwater uh, Vanilla Java Porter. Yeah, um, those are s- super sweet. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't like like those remind me of like a, the Starbucks one shot cans you get from the convenience store, like that, yeah. like saccharine sweet. Yeah, these were more of like your raw coffee, uh, you know, freshly ground coffee. Right. So, but but not but not so bitter. You know, or burned, yeah. burnt tasting. So yeah. yeah, but the horchata one, that one's like for for those not familiar, horchata is like a, it's a drink, uh, primarily from Mexico, and it's a you know it's a rice based uh, milk drink. Right. It is. It's usually made with uh, with some cinnamon and some some other sort of flavors. It is just like big childhood drink of mine. Uh, it tastes kind of like a little kid. It is yeah. just. It tasted so sweet. It was like a perfect. Representation of that drink that just happened to also be a beer and I have alcohol in it. It was yeah. it was amazing. If you haven't had it before, to me it reminds me of like drinking uh, creamsicle, having a creamsicle, okay. but adding a little bit of cinnamon to it. Yeah. So if you have a, an orange creamsicle with some cinnamon, that's kind of what horchata tastes like. So, and that's what this beer tasted like, which yeah, was yeah, really exactly. really good. Damn good beer. But yeah, I think for me, co-op was definitely the winner of the show. What about you, Dustin? Well, I got a couple of comments. Uh, I came in a little bit later than you guys, so I didn't have all the exact beers that you guys did. But uh, I want to actually start out but on, a, on a disappointing note. Um, as it's been well established on the show and by uh, our buddy Javi here, I'm quite an Nkasi homer. And I, I've always liked Slayer over the years. It's been a like a Pumpkinator competitor. I thought it's been really solid. This year, it's really bland and not good. Um, this, is the, this is the first time I've, I've actually thought that and thought it was not. Because like, <laughs> Nkasi usually hold in high regard. But right. no, this year, no. They were not... They did not near. That's they did a, not compete with other pumpkin beers and, and yeah. stuff like that. Oh, here. I just want to listen. <laughs> oh, yeah, I want to hear. I want to hear this. Uh, we're this is like a festival overview yeah, right now, not tap fest. Um, yeah, they. Uh, I didn't have it this time. All I had was that IPA at the end of the day. And, and oddly enough, on my positive side, even though Michael Pedicles is sitting next to me, I was going <laughs> to talk about this. I always enjoy the sledgehammer at every single festival. I wish it was more available than just there, but right. I understand why it's only there. 
Uh, I enjoyed that, and I like the uh, Tups uh, Red uh, Rye as well. I, yeah. I would say those are two of my standouts from okay. this year. And uh, I, I do want to mention the Oak Highlands uh, White Wine Freaky Deaky. Oh, yeah, that was Man, good, Man, that was... That was a damn good beer. If, if you enjoy white wine, a Sauvignon Blanc, that is a damn good beer. Yes. That, again, another dangerous – there were a lot of dangerous beers this year, and that was that was up there. That was like – that's like 10 point something percent ABV, and it, that those white wine barrels yep. just smooth it out and, like, get, make it, like, man – and perfect, the Macallan, it's a perfect summer yeah. beer. Put it that the way. Macallan Legion deserves an honorable mention too. That was a yeah, very solid, yes. solid beer too. It really rounded out that beer. Now yes. we are drink, we're here today, Lake Growl, because of Pedicolis, because we're drinking the Velvet Hammer, the Sherry Cask Edition. Yes. Uh, you want to tell us while you're here? Do you want to tell us about how you made this beer and where the inspiration came from? No, I don't. I want to listen to what you guys are talking about. <laughs> all right, fine. All right. Well, I will say I really like this beer. This is yeah. uh, the Velvet Hammer is typically a more hoppy red ale. And this really rounds it out. And this is a damn dangerous beer. Once again, <laughs> making it's uh, license to kill with this beer. All right, yeah. So seriously, uh, I will have to say a little something about it. Really, where that came from probably is from Sledgehammer. So it's funny you mention that because Sledgehammer, to me, has a little bit of a cherry character that comes out in a much more pronounced uh, manner than it does in Velvet Hammer. You really don't get it in Velvet Hammer at all, but we've had a couple of these Sledgehammer occasions where I'm drinking that beer. I'm like, man, I'm getting a lot of cherry out of this thing. And so really the man behind this cast specifically is right over there in the North Texas Beer Week shirt. That's Chad Brooks, one of our brewers, and he handles the vast majority of all our casks these days. So this one was his, and they were joking. People were like, hey, what kind of cherries are in that? What kind of, what, what kind of And he's like... I don't know, fresh cherries from Whole Foods? I don't know what kind of cherries they were, but uh, very, you know, again, kind of our style, very subtle. I think you definitely get that cherry as it warms up. It comes out a little bit more, um, certainly complements the beer. It's not one I ever really would have thought. It's not an addition I would have thought about putting in there, you know, one, two, three years ago. But Sledgehammer kind of was the one that... uh, Made us decide to do that. And, uh, you know, on a sad note for myself, I was at the festival yesterday. I got there late, and uh, someone walked up to me and says, Hey, man, what, you have all your beer? I'm like, Yeah, absolutely, all our beer's there. And he's like, No, 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 it says the sledgehammer's out. I'm like, Damn it, sledgehammer's out. I didn't even get to try it. So, what year got, was that, that you, you guys got, had? You man, this is terrible. I, I don't even know. <laughs> I really, I don't even know. Uh, but uh, your comment about, yeah, I wish it was a little bit more available. Stay tuned. I think you'll find uh, that beer will be a little more accessible to you guys in the future than it is currently. So we'll see. That's the first little nugget on that. So outside of your own beer, what was your favorite of the show? The Gosh, event- the, um it was the green flash. I don't know if it was Silva Stout or yeah, maybe that was it. It was a, definitely a Cellar Three version of their Stout. No, he was telling us about it. It was literally as I was walking into the festival, someone really walked right up to me and right. said, "Hey, man, you've got to try this." And I know he told. I'm about like, that. okay, yes, green. I, I like green flash beer. I have an affinity towards those guys. Right. So yeah, that was uh, that's it. But you know. At these festivals, I'm I'm not a lot like you guys. I don't go to all the booths. I have I've been there and I've kind of done that. And what I've realized over time is I like my beer and I enjoy my beer. So I just kind of hang out at my booth and well, you kind of drink black curtains and wintervention and yeah. a cask of hammer and a cask of sit down with a eureka hop and just kind of repeated and rinsed with that yeah. and maybe a lost epic thrown in there. And I would say. 
That was 90% of the beer I drank yesterday yeah. was my beer. Well, plus you're supposed to be an envoy, I guess, but, but you can't really be a tourist. I wasn't there as long, though, yesterday. It was oh, really? my daughter's birthday, so yeah. my, my I was like, I've got to really either short my crew or my daughter. Yeah. And so I decided to short my crew yesterday, so I wasn't at the festival from start to finish, like yeah. I like to be. Um, right. Still had a great time. The weather couldn't have been better. The music's awesome. Our location was great. I thought our traffic was good. So, yeah. you know, I certainly had a ball. And I didn't, my intent of sitting down here was not to really talk to you guys. I was interested to hear what you guys are talking about. Yeah, I'm like, no, let's uh, take the focus off of me. I want to hear about Freaky Deaky. And I kind of laughed when you said, yeah, and I think uh, the McAllen Legion deserves an honorable mention. I'm thinking, Shin, shouldn't that deserve more than an honorable mention? I mean, it's got to be a pretty cool beer to have. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get a chance to try it, but I did hear a couple people mention it, and it sounded excellent. Yeah, we discovered the advantage yesterday to being with the, one of the breweries is you can have as much beer as you want, because they, Alex had the uh, one of his red solo cups there, and you just get pour after pour. Like that's the whereas where we're confined, I think Dustin had seven pours, yeah. and I think I had fifteen. Somehow I got more than him, but uh, you, you got to be careful. I hope y'all stayed a little bit more sober than at Big Texas Beer Festival. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, we're a little better this. We didn't stay as long this time, so well, well done. Here, let me hand this right. mic back. Y'all continue doing what you do. I appreciate it. Thanks, right, guys. Yeah, thank you. All right, well, uh, I, you know, and actually, so we were talking about the Green Flash uh, Cellar 3. Yeah. There's a lot of variations. And to be honest, I kind of forgot which one we had. I didn't log it on uh, on tap. Uh, I didn't I didn't ever have that one, so. Huh? I didn't ever got a chance to have that one. Oh, really? Man. Yeah. That's what happens at these festivals. Like, you know, you start out, log in everything. But did and you? Also, like, you just throw a caution to the wind. But did you have the, uh, yeah. one of the Twin Peaks beers, yeah. more importantly, <laughs> with their boob coasters that they were tossing around, uh, koozies that they were tossing around? So did you have a review of this one? Uh, this smooth. one, yeah. I, like I said, it's smooth and dangerous. Smooth, dangerous, it's, yeah. It is, uh, it's man. It's a drinking beer. For the, the Velvet Hammer, for those who most of you have not had this uh, in Dallas, it's a really hoppy red ale. Yes. And if you don't like hops, this is like the counter punch to that because it's like all the hoppy traces are gone. There's no bitterness. It's just smooth. It's like smooth, a smooth and sweet. Right like just a little sweet. Smooth not too sweet, sweet, but no. it's got just a little edge. It's not like drinking maraschino cherry. No, it's no. Like, it's like cherry wood or, or something like right. that. It's yeah. like if you were to smoke with cherry wood, it's kind of like that flavor. Sure. Um, but no no hop edge to it. Um, and it's just an easy drinking, damn dangerous. Uh, <laughs> I agree. For yes. Sure. Another in the Hammer series that will hammer your head the next morning. If that is true. All right. Well, uh, coming up, uh, we're also going to continue to celebrate uh, North Texas Beer Week. We've got a series at Lakewood tomorrow night, which we'll be covering also. Uh, a bunch of the brewers from North Texas are getting together to discuss their origin stories. Their should be really cool getting like yeah. the North Texas history of craft beer and that kind of yeah. stuff. So, so we'll, we'll definitely have some reporting on that. We'll see what comes out of that. Um, maybe yeah. we'll make some connections. We can't give you direct audio, but we'll definitely give a yeah. good recap of it. They they will have if you're interested in origin stories and all that. Uh, Lakewood is going to be put out their own podcast of the right. audio from that and maybe video too. But uh, yeah, we'll have more reporting for that tomorrow night. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that uh, wrap-up of Untapped. Now, coming up next is we also went to a panel at Lakewood uh, Brewing Company. Uh, yes, we were a Lakewood Growler, and there's also a Lakewood Brewing Company. Shocker. We're talking about Lakewood again. That's right. Yet again. <laughs> uh, there was there were a number of people uh, at this panel. There was Fritz Rar from Rar Brewing, and who's going to be pertinent to what we're about to show you next, or not show you, but uh, let you uh, I don't know. How, we know you're not viewers. Uh, we had Dennis from Franconia uh, Brewing. And he uh, he and uh, Fritz had two of the earliest breweries in Dallas. Uh, we had um, boy, there's a. It was a big panel. It was a big panel, and I'm forgetting everybody's names right now. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I don't have my phone in front of me to look it up. But 
anyways, um, it, well, it was an it was an interesting mix of uh, people that participated in the panel because you had people who were actual brewers who create beer and sell it uh, to retailers, and you also had people in brew pubs, and you also had people that were actually uh, associated with the retail side. So you kind of covered all of it. And uh, everybody in this panel, or most everybody in this panel, has been in DFW for a long time. And if you're a long-time DFW craft beer drinker, you've probably been influenced by one of these folks in one way or another. So uh, with the, the cast list was uh, Fritz Rohr, president and founder of Rohr & Sons Brewing, uh, Dennis Werman, founder and brewmaster at Franconia, Jamie Fulton, brewmaster at Community Beer Company, Tim Deemer, the head brewer at Lakewood Brewing Company, uh, Dan Henserling, the brewmaster at Humperdinks and Brew Pub, which, for those of you who don't live in Dallas, it's a somewhat big uh, sports bar-esque chain here in the Dallas area. Uh, I don't even know if I'd go there. I guess they're technically a brew pub. Yeah, but I would say. I wouldn't even call it a sports a, bar. It's more of just a standard brew pub. Uh, Keith Schlabs, the beer guru and operating partner at 8.0 Management, which is uh, owns the Flying Saucer Draft Emporium, which owns uh, it's a local draft beer emporium. <laughs> uh, yeah, Flying Saucer is more than local. They're, pretty, they're a pretty big chain. Uh, if you guys have one around you should definitely stop in they they're always a uh, beacon of craft beer drinking yes uh rick ali the co-owner of lone star beverages and taps and caps which are growler shops and he's also i think getting into the brew pub game now and brian brown who's a local beer historian and co-author of uh, beer and big d and we also had Wimbins, uh the owner and founder of lakewood brewing company so what happened was they had this uh, panel for about about 90 minutes i guess and towards the end, the last 30 minutes, they let, uh, let people ask questions. And so I got to ask a question. Uh, and what, who will mostly be talking in this uh, will be Fritz Rohr of Rohr Brewing Company. Um, I'm interested to know as brewers, and you've been around so long in the game, uh, how much time, because you have these large-scale breweries now, and you have a lot of micromanaging you have to do in other parts of the business, uh, how much do you miss the creation of, of being able to create more beer more often? How much time do you allow yourself now? And then when you find something you really like, how do you know that it's the right one to sell? Uh, first of all, my brewers don't let me get anywhere near the brew house anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're all, we're all very much in tune with, with the creation of, of new beers. We go through long, tedious steps to make sure that the product that comes out now is exactly the way we want it. We started that with, with Pride of Texas, and that took us about six months of brewing probably eight to ten different batches of beer and, and giving it to the people at our tours and getting their feedback and doing blind tasting panels at the, uh, at the brewery with other beers in the market. And it's, it's very much a creation game amongst the entire team. And when I mean entire team, it could be the... Uh, distributor or some guy dropping off uh, a package or something and we're doing the blind tasting and we're having him jump in or, or her uh, participating in that in that feedback as well. Uh, but for me, yeah, they like to keep me away from anything that I could do to do something bad. So, I actually have a vastly different answer to that question. Uh, <laughs> I am not the owner of Humperdinks. I'm just the brewer. Uh, I've been the brewer for 20 years, and I've never been anything else. Uh, I've been fortunate to find someone to pay me to make beer every day for 20 years, and uh, I, I still love the job. I mean, the job, the boots on, in the you know, in my chemical guy, it, it drives him nuts that I still get in and scrub my kettle every brew. He said, you don't need to do that. We've got chemicals that will clean that just fine. I said, you know, that's just the way I learned. And it goes back to my first brewing job in 1996 was at Humboldt Brewing Company. And the, uh, the brewmaster was a man named Stephen Parks, an English brewmaster. 
And I worked there, I apprenticed there for six weeks and I worked there a couple months and I never saw him with a scrub brush in his hand. And on his last day at work, before he left to teach at the American Brewers Guild, I was up there doing the second brew of the day and Steve comes running up on the brew house and he said, you finished knocking out? I said, yeah. He said, I'm getting in the kettle. And I just gave him a look like, what are you talking about? I've never seen you anywhere close to cleaning anything. But it was his last day, and that's to him, that's what the experience was. That's what he wanted to do before he left was get in the kettle, and that was not an easy kettle. It was a 50-barrel kettle with no ladder, so he had to climb down the cleanery. And, you know, oh, geez. Yeah, it hadn't been it was, scrubbed in two years. <laughs> no, we got it. We got it. We did it every brew, and I, the other two guys I worked with were like tiny little spider monkeys, and then me and Steve were big guys, so we, it was a struggle to get in and out of there, but that was his last day that he wanted to get in and scrub the kettle, and to me, that's... That's always what it's been about. You know, I, I admire the guys up here in Wim who uh, have started their own businesses. And, you know, I envy the size of everything they've done. But for me, it's the, you know, I love, I just love the job. You know, I just go and do the job every day. And as far as the creativity goes, I don't, you know, we don't field test all that stuff. You know, I've been brewing my seasonal recipes for 20 years. And I've tweaked all of them to where I got them where I love them. And I don't really have to worry about what sells. I'm in a brew pub. They drink what I tell them to drink. (laughs) That sounds great. I'm going to do that. All right. Well, that was a long and exhaustive wrap-up of North Texas Beer Week 2016. It was I'm a- tired, Mark. i got to go to bed. I am tired, too. Hopefully, someday we will get out of this car out of BrewBlood's Rolling Mobile <laughs> One, uh, Rolling Thunder. We'll just plow this right into your house and right into your bedroom, and then we'll just <laughs> that's uh, fine. spoon and go to sleep. Hey, as long as we get sleep, that's all that matters. Exactly. I uh, hope you enjoyed the content. Uh, coming up next week is our interview that uh, was part of North Texas Beer Week 2016. That's an interview with Dave Ingbers. We can't give you everything in one episode. Yes. Uh, we, you know, we've gotten complaints about episode length before, so we're trying to keep it as succinct as possible. And uh, plus, we like, we like to who, who, yeah, who doesn't like to be teased and then have to wait for the right. the, the climax? We're going to stroke. If you will. We're going to keep stroking that taint. Your climax uh, will have to wait, though. That sounds very dirty. It's intended to be dirty. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Brew Bloods episode 78. Hope you enjoyed the show. You, uh, if you want to contact us, you can email us, brewbloodshow at gmail.com. Uh, you can call us at some number. I can't remember right now. I'll go to the website, brewbloods.net. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the show, please do. Just go to the website. There's all the links to subscribe, iHeartRadio, RSS, uh, at the uh, Mark on Google Twitter. Music, all that, all that jazz. You can follow us on all the social networks. Uh, Dustin is at the WS9775 on Twitter. I'm at the mark with a C. Uh, you can follow us at BrewBloods on just about every other social platform. Or uh, BrewBloods show at Gmail if you or, want to email that, us. Yes. Or reddit, reddit.com slash r slash BrewBloods. All right. I know our phone number ends in beer. I don't remember the rest. 469-665. No, that's the old number. No. Uh, <laughs> don't give a wrong one. Who cares? Uh, go to the website. There's there's contact crap there. All right. We'll catch you guys next week. Hopefully, we will, we will be out of the car for the next episode. But maybe <laughs> Probably not. not. It, but if we're not, we're going to keep the blinker noises and the uh, GPS and everything That's going. That's right. It's a new bit. All right. We'll catch you guys next week for another episode of Brew Bloods. Probst. Probst. Probst.